get in there. If you're trying to get pregnant, get in there before you start trying so you can know the proper steps to trying to get pregnant. I like that. Egg freezing too. There's been a stigma. We can't afford egg freezing. Yes, we can. If you know, which is at, at the, the age of the modern woman, we're all very busy now. And you're like, listen, I'm busy. I'm with my career or this might not be the right time. I haven't found that person yet. Freeze your eggs. And then when you're ready, you go and get your eggs and you do what you have to do. So no, empower yourself. Take control over your life. Absolutely. Definitely, definitely. And we are definitely trying to change the conversation and let you guys know what is accessible to you. Because I hear people saying, oh, it gets tens and tens of thousands of dollars to freeze my egg. I can't do that when we do have access to these things. So thank you for bringing that up. It's not just the celebrities, ladies. Definitely. Where are you taking us now? Yes, where are we going on this learning journey? I love it. Yes. So while we're on the topic of prenatal care, I think it's super, super important to, you know, look at the statistics. Um, African-American females are also twice as likely to experience stillbirths. Now, again, this could be due to any comorbidities, any problems during the pregnancy, sometimes with the fibroids as well, but it's more about the health issues. So again, we have to stress the healthy eating. Um, there's also that negative stigma that uh, female, black females, we don't like to work out. We don't want to mess up our hair. I don't know where that comes from. That's a lie. We are taking control over our life and our fitness. There's lots of Instagram page like Black Girl Fitness or Black People Workout. And I love that because there was a stigma, you know, at a time that we just get our hair and our nails done, but we weren't in the gym. And I'm like, no, because if we suffer from high blood pressure and diabetes as much, we need to be the one on top of our health. Yes. So, no, 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 that's super, super important. And like I said, we need to change the statistics. So I'm just trying to, you know, create some awareness around it. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm a workout guru, but if I get my hair done, I'm not going to the gym the next day. It's, it's not, not, not happening. <laughs> Listen, ladies, we're trying to encourage the people. <laughs> No, no, no. I agree. <laughs> Listen, it's not happening. The day after. <laughs> the day after. I'm Because I'm natural too. Because once the heat hit, but I'm still going to eat clean. So at least, because you know what? Diet is about 80%. Yes, it on- is. This is true. So yes, if you're not able to go into the gym and do a hit workout and, and at least sweat, at least make sure you're eating clean. What you put into your mouth is just as important because you can go to the gym all day, but if you're in a McDonald's, that doesn't make a difference. So i rather you eat clean. So that's vegetables, lean meats, or if you're vegan, even better, you know, high protein, low on the carbs, you know, refined sugars. So we're really focusing on that. So even if, again, if you can't work out because you got your hair did, you're naturally you done. <laughs> Got your hair you don't want to mess it up. See, I got my natural thing going, so I'm all good. You know, this thing might get better with the heat. Yeah, <laughs> looks luscious, queen, luscious. Um, at least, just make sure that you're eating clean. The diet is everything. Trust me. You know, I'm thinking of you saying like the diet, and I think back uh, to some of my friend groups that I had, and I, I always found it harder for me to shift the way I eat. I felt like I was raised on certain foods and 
you know, food was a huge part of who I am. And it was a part of the kitchen talk. It was a part of everything we did. This is how we show love. We make a big dinner for people. People come over. I hate to say it, but you fry up the chicken. You know, you get the rice together. You got the macaroni and cheese. <laughs> you know, you got your cabbage. You got, all, you know, you, right. you got your cornbread here. This is a part of who we are. So I find it like, Marley and I work out regularly all the time, but that's the struggle for me. And that's the reality. And I know right. that's the 80%. And I try to tell myself 80%, 80%. But culturally, I have to keep it real. <laughs> it's hard to really make that shift where we're at, like, we're, we're smart. We understand that you have to make the shift. It's a non-negotiable, but I do want to say to the people, it is very hard to make the shift is you have to make a conscious effort. You have to pray a whole bunch to tell yourself no more of that. You know, you have to go with the lean foods and, you know, the raw veggies and all of those great things that give you the energy and the good skin, (laughs) but it's hard. So and I'm Caribbean. I'm Jamaican and Costa Rican. So that's yes, right. Yes, yes, yes. We love it. So trust me, I understand. Luckily, I did grow up in a house where my mom was a health nut. So it was always about balance. So, you know, and she, I'll, I'll show you a picture of my mom. My mom was my sister. So I kind of grew up understanding how important it is to take care of yourself throughout life, not later on in life when you have problems. I love my food, my soul food. I love my Caribbean food. So it is about balance. So like during the week, for example, when I'm trying to eat clean, you know, every now and then I might have a slip up. And if I'm going out with my girls, if I'm meeting up with you guys, I'm having some rice. Yes, let's eat. <laughs> and after that, on Sunday, I'm probably going to the gym yes. after church. So it's about balance. As long as you're not, it's when you tip the scale. It's when it's excessive. Too much of a bad thing. So it's really about balance and making it a lifestyle you mess up today it's okay go back to cleaning yes, tomorrow true. Good. right I think that is really a really good point um because it is hard to transition from the things that you know and I try to think back to when the shift was made for me and I can't even remember but also I have to think about the people around me and having access to healthy foods. We might live in a food desert or there's not a healthy grocery store. It might be a corner store that's more accessible than a grocery store. So how can we educate them to make the healthier choices with what they have? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a great question. And the answer is really in the question. Education is key, right? So if you don't know, it's hard for you to do better. So yes, if you live in an inner city, you may not have access to Whole Foods or, or Trader Joe's, or even if you do have access to it, you don't even know what to get. I think it's so important to just educate on that, to say that, yes, this is in the refined sugar category, and this is what it does to your body. So maybe saying out of these options, this would be the better choice to use in the interim, you know, while you have what you, you do have, or in the deli, I think they might have an apple and some water. You can do that. If you feel like you want to have a snack, have that snack. Right. It's a matter of mm-hmm. when you have that snack, how many of those snacks you're having. So all of those play a role. In addition to that person's genetic history, family history, all of those play a role. Definitely. Because let's be honest, I know when I was a little kid, I had caps all in my damn mouth because my mother was giving me Hawaiian punch. Okay. That's true. As I got older, we learned to eat healthy, but I had caps. <laughs> this is true. 
<laughs> this is true. I was a part of that Hawaiian punch pouring game. <laughs> Donuts? Let's not even talk. To this day, I have a sweet tooth and I have to curve it. Like, I don't bring sweets to my house, but when I want some ice cream, oh, I kill some ice cream. Ooh. Yeah, but like you said, it's all about learning. And like you said, as we go on, and you know what I think? Exposure is key. Because when you're exposed, Right? When you expose to certain things, you're like, oh, okay, this is bad for me. Or, you know what, let me not do this as often. Or this is what it, because I, I remember one point I was struggling with my weight. Let's talk, lady. Yeah, let's, let's get into it. <laughs> Especially when I was in like undergrad or school, I would be studying. I didn't have time. I didn't have no life. I would work, study, eat. You know, I was mm-hmm. going. Sometimes I would be up pulling an all-nighter. So yeah, I would be eating chips until three o'clock in the morning because that was my life. I was just so busy and I was under a lot of stress. Right. Mm-hmm. And that cortisol from that stress. Exactly. My metabolism was slow, absolutely slow. And, you know, I started, you know, working out and I, my mom was like, Let, we got to make some changes because I was really packing it on and I, I just didn't feel comfortable in my skin. And, you know, you mess with yourself. Mm-hmm. You mess with your it does. Mm-hmm. It, it does. does. So I had to say control. And like I said, I'm not perfect, but it's really about the consistency. Because, you know, sometimes you go on a crash diet, you lose 20 pounds and you're good, but then you gain it right back. I rather slow exactly. and steady, be consistent. So small little changes over time can consistently, you know, give you huge results. So, yeah. Definitely. And I think you hit on it. When we do gain that extra weight or when we don't feel like ourselves, it lowers our self-confidence mm-hmm. and you're not feeling like yourself and you're not moving in the way that you should be moving because your confidence is like here. So that workout can not only get you the weight loss, but it could help with your mental because now you're like you're seeing the changes. You're like, oh, I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. I'm working out. I'm eating clean. I'm seeing the weight come off. Now it's boosting your self-confidence. Right. That's right. You're releasing those Mm -hmm. endorphins. You're feeling good about yourself. I'm telling you, a nice workout. Your swag will be all the way back. Feeling good in those skinny jeans. Okay. Listen, what I say in my, I'm trying to keep my stomach flat and my ass fat. That's right. I love that's that. it. I love that so much. <laughs> no idea. Girl, that's good. My eggs are laid, my stomach flat, my ass Listen, that's, that's it. That's the goal. And to have a heart. That, and to have a heart that can move me through life. <laughs> Exactly. That's right. That's Definitely. Not much. <laughs> um, I wanted to follow up with your stillbirth and miscarriage talk. And I've I've had so many people around me who have experienced miscarriages or even had to deliver babies who were not viable or have life. How do we give our women the confidence to either try again or if they decide not to try again, be okay with mm-hmm. that decision? Especially with our families attaching uh, you, like sometimes they're like, what? Great. You made it. You have these degrees. You're doing this. You're doing that. But you don't have children. That's always the question. You know, I would say in many black communities, they attach your success to the fact that you have a child, you reproduce and they feel like you're worthy of having a child because they feel so highly of you. So like, why aren't you having children? So that too plays on it. Yes, but that's crazy because for a long time they didn't want us to have kids and we were on birth control. So, you know, all that plays into it. Yes, perfect. Great question, ladies. Um, yes, the pressure. I'll just talk about that. The pressure, number one, to have kids, to have kids by a certain age, um, is so much on females just in general. It's just so much. 
So then you have that pressure. So then on top of that, you want to make sure you're super fertile. So if you don't like conceive right away, you know, things start going through your head. You feel like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with my body? You know, and I always tell my females, I'm like, give yourself a break. I'm like, number two, everybody's journey is different. I'm like, please fertility journey. She got pregnant right away. I'm like, your body's different. Your hormones may be different. Maybe you're on birth control. Maybe she wasn't. It depends on that person's sperm too. I'm like, so many things come into play. Um, but number two, going into um, the uh, miscarriage and how to deal with that, um, I try to encourage my patients or educate my patients that they're not alone. Um, often when something like that happens to you, you feel isolated. You feel like it's just me. You know, I'm not woman enough. You know, what's wrong with my hormones? I can't conceive for this person. And I'm like, you have to take that guilt off of you. It's nothing that you did. You didn't do anything. You're, you're trying to get pregnant. So you have to literally give yourself that time to breathe and, you know, take the blame off of you. But miscarriage is never um, something that I like to tell my patients, you know, when my sonographer comes in and tells me like, you know, we don't see the fetal heart rate anymore or we don't see any intrauterine pregnancy. It always, it always saddens me because I know I have to be the burden of bad news. Um, and I just really try to deliver the message as delicately as I can. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it's always a sad thing. And then on top of that, I do let them know, like, listen, practically we do whatever procedure needs to be done, whether that's the DNC to remove whatever residual products of conceptions are there. You know, I usually tell them, wait, it may, you know, a month or two. Um, I think, you know, just to say six to eight weeks. And then you can try, given that you feel comfortable, and then we go over the warning signs, the cues and the don'ts of, of, you know, pregnancy, what to look for early in the, um, to just try to stay baby, especially if they're at increased risk for miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And that prenatal care, right? Check out that prenatal care. Right. So you can know, ugh, I, I find, yeah, that confidence and that pressure from family sometimes. And I think, I don't I don't want to start naming ages, but I know I personally felt that pressure. Like, are you going to have a kid? Like, what's going on? What's right. you have the money to have a kid. You have your husband. Like, what's up? She's recently <laughs> married. Casey, so that has been a question that she has. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My, prior to my marriage. Right, right, right. I'm just like, so you guys want me to have a baby for a married or not? And now the pressure is. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm a confident woman, but I'm like, goodness, lady, you know, you don't know what people are going through right. you know, for people to constantly ask you those questions. But people, you know, they think highly of you. They feel like you'll be a great mom. You'll be able to provide you. You have the, you have the personality, you have the, the education, you have the skill set and they want you. They just want a mini you. And I know it'd be great to have a mini J, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> trying to be the rich auntie out here. <laughs> And I think um, I think people have to be more respectful. About exactly. That, you know? I have children. I desire to have children, and people have come out and asked me, like, "Do you have kids?" Or you don't know what I mean. And I don't think that that's fair. Uh, I don't think that's that okay. makes me so. I'm a gynecologist. You want to say that you don't have kids, but yeah, he's giving you care, right? So I don't think that that's fair. And I think um, as a whole, especially in our community, we need to be more um, educated about that because, like you said, there might be a female who mm-hmm. is trying. She does want to be a mother, but maybe she suffered many miscarriages. Yes. After, are you going to have kids? That's a blow to her heart. Right. So we got to be very, very more empathetic, more empathetic and sympathetic. <laughs> Lots of patients, they choose not to have children. 
And that's okay. And people need to let it go. If a sister does not want to have children, that's her decision. And she is more than just her womb. <laughs> she is more than that. Thank you. I'm more yes. than just my womb. Mm. We are more than mm. just our wombs. Mm. And if we decide not to have kids, that is okay. Because okay. I don't want any. <laughs> It is okay. <laughs> Let it go, people. <laughs> but I think it's hard. I think um, what Jay said is very true. People have their own vision of what your life should look like, and they want you to fulfill those things. So they're not thinking about the complications that you may be having exactly. when you try to have a baby. They're not thinking, they're thinking about the end result, the child. When are you going to have the baby? So I think that's a great point that you bring up. And it's not selfish. People think it's selfish. Like, oh, you're too selfish. You don't. No, it's not selfish. I don't think it's selfish, especially when you're a giver. The things we have to deal with, right? Hmm. What does the stats say in terms of miscarriages? Is it more likely to happen in the Black community? Or what do the stats typically say in regards to that? Because people feel like they're by themselves sometimes when they go through these things. I would say as far as with miscarriages, it's more about the past medical history that led to the miscarriage. Okay. So whether that miscarriage may be due to PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is also very common. One out of three female presents with it. And a lot of African-American females may not know that they have it until they start having like a regular period. Maybe five months may pass and they're like, I wasn't sexually active. I haven't got my period. I'm not pregnant. What's going on? And by the time they come in, they mm-hmm. diagnosed with PCOS. So that on a whole can sometimes increase um, the likelihood of miscarriages in African-American females as well. But again, this also goes back to hormones, genetics, and diet. I think um, it's important for our listeners to know that oftentimes with miscarriages too, the pregnancies aren't viable. So how could I best explain that? Um, with miscarriage, I think sometimes it is the body's way to abort a, a, a fetus that may not um, have been in your best interest. Um, so sometimes the body just naturally, for whatever reason, may just abort what we call a spontaneous abortion. And I tell them, like, there's no cause, there's nothing that you did. And someone would be like, oh, I was drinking a certain tea. Did that do it? Or I'm like, that, that's not the cause of it. That's not the culprit. But sometimes for whatever rhyme or reason, we don't know the etiology, but the body just naturally spontaneously aborts. But um, in the end, usually people end up with their rainbow baby and all is well. Yes. And yes. And we've seen many of our favorite celebrities have uh, rainbow babies and have successful uh, pregnancies after miscarriages. Uh, Toya Wright. I don't know if that's her last name right now because. Yeah, because she got married. Yeah. Oh, Toya, no, Toya Wright. And then there was the Toya Luckett. A whole bunch of different. So many- Beyonce. Yeah, so many people yeah um and then there's other things um now you brought up celebrity i was thinking about gabrielle union because i remember reading her book last year and yeah i remember it was hard for her because i think she did suffer from endometriosis mm-hmm. another gynecological issue that some of my sisters will you know come in with and actually suffer with forever so like oh, wow. you know you're having you're having painful periods and you're just ignoring it because you know we have that stigma we should and we're resilient, so we feel like we don't want to seem weak. Or Casey, the provider, is ignoring it because you're so young. I had symptoms of endometriosis since I was 16, and it it was, like, brushed off for years and years and years. 
That happens a lot. We have to give them this act that you make mention of in regards to medical professionals, because honestly, I feel like this is a very huge issue. It's an underlying issue that causes people not to get the treatment that they deserve and that they need for their health. Exactly. No, this is very, very true. And I, I, what you said is absolutely right. I've had patients that have said like, you know, um, you know, growing up, they were told they were just being dramatic, but they were in a lot of pain. So they might've been calling out of school being like, mom, I can't go to school. And they're told you're just being dramatic. No, they're suffering. They're in pain, like nausea, vomiting, like a 10 out of 10 pain when they get their menstrual cycle. That is not okay. And that's not how you should live life. But again, for whatever reason, there's a stigma where Black, we're strong. Even in exactly that, when it comes to pregnancy and other things, studies have shown the way they perceive pain in African-American women is so much different from that of a non-Black woman, of a white female. I've have- read that too, and it is true because I've experienced it on my own. Yeah, and that's not okay. I'm like, I'm in pain. Like, no. <laughs> you request that pain medication. And you, if anything, you demand that medication. No, I am telling you, I am in pain. I request such and such. That is your right as a patient. And I think people are right as African-American females when it comes to, you know, medical uh, health. Yeah, and knowing that you re- can request certain things. Like Serena, like if she would not have requested what she needed, she's like, no, do this, do that. No, do this. And they found that she had blood clots. You know, she could have died. And sometimes women die after they have their children. Many times black women, I could be wrong. Please correct me if I'm wrong. But I feel like sometimes we get intimidated by these medical professionals who aren't sensitive to who we are and what we're experiencing, or they think like they can handle this. And we don't ask the questions. We don't negotiate, you know, because we don't want to seem like we're being aggressive. (laughs) You know, the good old black angry woman syndrome sort of vibe. Yeah. So you, it's so many things that play into it, but thank you so much for reassuring our listeners and letting them know you do have a right to ask questions and to request things that you need. I want our listeners to always know anybody who's going through anything is to like understand that your jungles and the things that are put to set you back is just set you up for something greater, right? You have to look at the glass half full always and know that any lesson is there to thrust your life forward. It's a part of the plan for you to go further in life. So looking at it in a, you know, a negative way can hold you back, but looking at it in a positive way and know that it's a stepping stone for you to get to the next level is always the best way uh, to look at some of these things. So sometimes the stats are set against us. But it's all good. We will push through. We will make it. We're resilient and we're strong. We're going to speak up for ourselves and we're going to be empowered with the knowledge, educate ourselves and move forward. I'm sorry, guys. I felt compelled to say that. (laughs) Yes. Amazing. That was great. I I don't know what to say. Like, I feel like I'm so empowered. I'm so informed at this point. Um, there is still so much to learn. This, this is, is just the, the tip of the iceberg. The, the basics. The yeah, the tip. The tip. The tip. But we have to start empowering ourselves and taking control of our health right. day by day. And I think what I got out of the conversation was to like, just take control of your health, your body, your womb, diet, exercise. I think Casey can sum it up better than I can, but we have to own our bodies and love on them and take care of them so that we can uh, produce the best life or give life and have those things come to us more easily. We can't do that if we don't know what's going on in our bodies. That's true. Right. 
take charge over your health. That's number one. Number two, yes, medical professionals are there to help you. But at the end of the day, God, the universe has the last say. Amen. That's true. That is true. So don't forget that. Again, take the necessary steps you have to take for your health and to empower yourself and educate yourself as a female, especially as a woman of color. But again, Trust in the process. Trust the process, baby. Mm-hmm. And as Jungle Rose stands strong in the fact that we do things for the Black experience. So we're giving it to you as Black women. We're not giving it to you as anybody else, but Black women. And we're here to charge you with the insight, the information, and the education to thrust yourself forward and to navigate through your jungles stronger, prouder, and with more courage. And confidence. We love you. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so, girl. <laughs> yes, we are. Win, 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 win. <laughs> Look, if I knew the words, <laughs> you would either win me or get me No, we no, think we are so honored. We are so, it feels so good to be around other women who are not pulling one another down, but uplifting one another and yes. being confident to be in the space with each other and being okay with all the insight and information that everyone brings and know that it's a, a chance for you to learn and grow and become greater. It feels so good. And I must this say, is, this is historic. This is history for me. This is, this is so, this is history like, this is so for me. I'm just like, I am overwhelmed right now. I feel so good. I feel so blessed. So many blessings. So many blessings. New blessings. New blessings. Yes. That's right. That's right. So we need you to tell the people where they can find you. Yes, yes, beautiful lady. Jungle Rose community. You can reach me at Cajun Nurse KCTV at Instagram or Cajun Nurse Casey. Um, dot com. Um, I believe my email now I have two is pagingnursekasey at gmail.com and motivationjtv at gmail.com. But my Instagram is the best way or you can reach me on the website or you can contact Jungle Rose. So that concludes our episode. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Yes, five stars only. But give us that good feedback. We are so that you rocked out with Jay Simone and Marley. Follow us on all your favorite social media platforms, but don't forget to drop that jungle juice. We want to hear all the juicy details. All, all of it. All of it. Don't leave anything out. Be sure to live life intentionally. We love you guys and stay tuned. Yes, we love you. We thank you.